You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, blessed epiphany, as we rejoice in the, in the continued revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we meditate on the great mystery, not only that God is in our flesh, that's Christmas, but also that He manifests Himself to us and to all the world, especially the Gentile world. That's why the chief epiphany text we had yesterday was uh, how the visit, the Magi from the East came to visit the baby Jesus. In these men coming from the East, we see that Jesus is to be the Savior and to be the King of all of the world, not only Israel. But today we hear the account of Jesus as a boy coming into the temple that is in Israel, in Jerusalem. Now, we'll consider what this means and what it means for us, but first we want to make sure we catch up with the history. We remember that before Christmas, Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. They weren't yet married, and they were living there in Nazareth, a little town up north, which is a few miles uh, west of the Sea of Galilee. They both were from the tribe of Judah, which is in the south. In fact, they were both from King David's family, which is why when the uh, emperor was having a uh, the, the counting for the census, they had to go down to Bethlehem to register there. And Bethlehem is even a smaller town than Nazareth. But this Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem, six miles down the street. Uh, Google Maps told me this morning that it would take 34 minutes to drive in light traffic, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. So Mary and Joseph go, and we know that they're in Bethlehem. And we know that when they arrive in Bethlehem, this is the Christmas, they arrive, that everyone is crowded, there's no place for them to stay. And it was time for the baby to be delivered. So they're in back in the stable when Jesus was born. And that's the same night that the shepherds visited. But you can imagine that Joseph the next day would have been pretty busy finding a different place for them to stay, perhaps with relatives. But we know that at least at some point, Joseph found a home for them, for Mary and Jesus and for himself, such that when the wise men came to find the baby Jesus in Bethlehem, they found Jesus uh, in the lap of Mary and Joseph there in a house. They, they, it was nice that they were there in Bethlehem because they could then travel up to Jerusalem, to the temple, on the eighth day for the circumcision of Jesus and on the 40th day when they offered the sacrifice for purification. Now, we don't know how old Jesus was when the wise men visited. The only clue that we have in the text is that you remember Herod made a, a, this a extensive search from the wise men when the star appeared And based on the results of that inquiry, he had all of the children in Bethlehem who were two years old and younger, all the little boys, killed. So so maybe Jesus was up to that old, uh, still there when they visited. But probably not. He was probably just a few months old when the wise men came and visited and worshipped him and gave him the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now it seems like, at least uh, in my reading, that the Holy Family had really settled into Bethlehem, and they were going to make their own home now in Bethlehem. But uh, after the wise men are warned not to go back to Herod, the angel warns Joseph to take the holy family to Egypt. So they go, financed by the gold from the wise men, and they go and live in exile for a couple of years in Egypt until Herod dies. This is probably about the year 5 or 4 B.C. And when Herod dies, the country is divided up between three of his sons. There's not going to be a quiz later. 
uh, except unless you're in confirmation class, so pay attention to this. The kingdom is divided between Herod's three sons. Herod Antipas becomes ruler in the north, in Galilee. This is the Herod that puts John the Baptist to death. Herod Philip, another son, becomes ruler in the eastern and southern regions. We don't hear much about him. But Herod Archelaus becomes ruler in Judah, that is, the ruler in Jerusalem. And his rule didn't last long, only a few years. Rome replaced him with governors. And this is why Pontius Pilate, a governor from Rome, rules over Jerusalem 30 years later. But Archelaus, for the meantime, was ruling there in Jerusalem. And he was, like his father, Herod the Great, a particularly violent man. So when the angel comes and tells Joseph that it's okay to go back to the promised land from Egypt, he's going to go back to Bethlehem, which would have put him under the reign of Archelaus, but the angel warns him, no, don't go there. So instead of going back to Bethlehem, they go back to Nazareth in the north, where Jesus would grow up in the region by the Galilee. Now, like all pious Jews, the Holy Family, uh, especially Mary and Joseph, would make the pilgrimage down to Jerusalem a number of times every year for the appointed feast, and especially the text tells us that they would go down at the time of the Passover. And this brings us to our text. When Jesus reaches the age of 12, and he is now authorized to go on pilgrimage and participate in the feasts and all of the festivities that are happening in Jerusalem, he goes with them, with Mary and Joseph, from Nazareth down to Jerusalem to participate in the festival. Now this is just, I think this is the most wonderful thing to imagine. Jesus and his mother and his stepfather and all of the neighbors from, uh, from Nazareth and their family all gathered together and climbing uh, the twisting and dusty road that goes from Jericho up to Jerusalem and singing as they go the pilgrim psalms, these psalms that talk about how they long to set their eyes on Jerusalem and they long to stand in the holy city And finally, they come at last to the gates of the city, and they come into Jerusalem, and they come into the temple. Now, the temple was a massive complex, a huge sort of thing. It was more like a little village than it was a building. It had outer courts and inner courts, and it had porticos where the rabbis would set up schools, and they would gather students, and there were stables for the animals brought for sacrifice, and apartments for the priests to stay in, and a lot of other things that were there, uh, as well as the temple buildings and the altar and the bronze laver and all the other stuff. And while the, ch- the temple was chiefly a place for sacrifice, it was also the place where the Word of God was taught, where the prophets were studied. Now, that's what happened to Jesus. He got caught up into one of these Bible studies that was happening in the side of the temple. And he was gathered around maybe a teacher or two and some students, and he started asking questions, and he started answering questions, and more and more teachers gathered around him. And Jesus, it seems, was simply swept away by this study of the Lord's Word. And he stayed there when everybody else left. Mary and Joseph apparently traveled with a lot of people, with acquaintances, uh, neighbors, and family members, maybe Elizabeth and Zechariah, maybe even John the Baptist was traveling with them. He would have been 12 years old as well. So when they left Jerusalem to go home, they didn't realize that Jesus wasn't with the crowd. They thought he would have been there with his aunts or uncles or something like that. But he, he didn't. He stayed behind to study the Scriptures. 
So the text tells us that they traveled for a day. They came to the inn or the camp or wherever it was that they were staying. And they start to look for Jesus and they can't find him anywhere. So they, they travel all a day's journey back and they're looking around Jerusalem a whole nother day so that three days later they finally, exasperated, running around, who knows where they were looking. They find the temple and they're looking around the temple and they come across, here it is, Jesus, sitting there in the temple with the teachers and the scribes and the Pharisees gathered around, astonished at the answers. Luke, Luke is careful to tell us this. That all who heard Jesus were amazed at the answers that he gave. Now, I don't think that Mary and Joseph were so amazed. <laughs> they were distressed. That's the word the text used. It goes like this. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And Jesus answers. Now, these words that we'll hear from the mouth of Jesus are the first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible. We want to underline them and pay careful attention to them. Jesus says to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? A very literal translation of this would be this. Why were you seeking me? Did you not know that in the things of my Father it is necessary for me to be? It's not just the Father's house that Jesus has to be found in, but all the things that belong to God the Father. The Father's temple, the Father's altar, the Father's sacrifices, the Father's priesthood, the Father's word, the Father's name, all the things that belong to the temple, these are the things that of God the Father, the things that preach Christ. It is necessary for Jesus to be found in these. We remember how when Moses and Aaron built the tabernacle, how the glory of God came down and filled that place. We remember the same thing happened Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem and the glory came down and dwelled in that temple. But when that temple was destroyed and rebuilt by Zerubbabel and Herod remodeled by Herod, the glory of God never came down to dwell in that place before. Again, until now. When the 12-year-old boy from Nazareth comes into the temple, comes into the things of his father, the glory of God fills the place again. God returns to the temple. Now, there are a lot of things that we can learn from the text. It reminds us, for example, to go to church. If Jesus wanted to go to church, then we should go to church too. It reminds us that we are to be students of the Scriptures. That Jesus Himself, who wrote the Scriptures, is pleased to study them and to learn them to meditate on the text, to ask questions, to look for answers. This text also reminds us that studying the Bible is not only for the kids, or sorry, only for the grown-ups, but it's also for the kids. Here Jesus is 12 years old, and He's pouring over the Scriptures. He's reading them. So the Lord wants all of us, young and old, to rejoice in the doctrine and in the Scriptures together. 
And when Jesus quietly goes home with Mary and Joseph, this also reminds us that we should keep the fourth commandment, that children are to honor their father and their mother and to listen to them. But dear saints, this text is given to us not chiefly as an example to us, but chiefly to show us Christ, our Savior, to put before us the great wonder of who our God is. Jesus, your Jesus, is called Emmanuel, which means God with us, God in our flesh. The presence of God in the Old Testament was most often represented by a cloud that was on fire, towering above a mountain or above the holy place. This glory and this wonder. But now, the presence of God is this man. In fact, it's this boy, Jesus. He is the true God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary. Just like every other boy, he has a family. He wanders off. (laughs) He learns, and he grows, and eats, and he sleeps, and he gets haircuts. But like God, the temple is his home. And the holy things of the temple are his things. Now to know this mystery requires of us both wisdom and faith. Wisdom, because everything in the temple was pointing to Christ, and wisdom sees it. That this Jesus is the true Passover lamb whose blood rescues us from sin and death. That He is the true high priest who goes before the presence of God. That He is the true sin offering who suffers God's wrath instead of us. That His body is, in fact, the true temple which is rebuilt in three days after it is torn down. Wisdom sees these things. And these things also require faith. Because Jesus did all of these things for you. Jesus didn't need to come in our flesh for himself, but for you. He didn't didn't need to die on the cross himself. You needed that. All of it was for you. So that when you see Jesus studying the Bible with the teachers in the temple, we know that he is also there for us. Learning in the Scriptures of His own office of the work set before Him by God the Father for us. Learning what it would mean to be our Savior and to offer Himself as the sacrifice for our sins. Faith believes this. That Jesus was in the manger not for Himself, but for you. That Jesus was in the temple, not for Himself, but for you. That Jesus went home with Mary and Joseph, not for Himself, but for you. That Jesus was in the Jordan River being baptized, not for Himself, but for you. That He was turning over the tables in the temple, not for Himself, but for you. That finally He was before the high priests and He was in the the chamber of, of Pontius Pilate, that He was being whipped and beaten, not for Himself, but for you. That He was on the cross, not for Himself, but for you, that He was in the grave, not for Himself, but for you. And even now, at the right hand of God the Father, sitting on the throne of all things, 
He is there not for Himself, but for you. Everything for you. For us men and for our salvation, He came down from heaven. Wisdom and faith rejoices in this. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.